Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And I'm glad to be here. Man, the Spirit of the Lord is in this house, and it is, it is awesome. I, I feel like I need to tell you today that the senior pastor has nothing to do with the announcements. I have nothing to do with that. That was the first time I've seen anything like that. And so, and if you guys are interested, we'll do a, an investigation to find out who's responsible. And uh, you know. Moses knows. Come on, be honest with me. How many of you believe Jesus laughed? Oh, yeah. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I tell you what, if we're not laughing and rejoicing and singing and praising God, something's wrong. And so, um, well, praise the Lord. I want to speak to you this morning. The title of my message is a one-word title, and it's the word paradox. (laughs) amen I got I got an amen with just one word paradox Um, you will struggle with the Christian life if you don't understand that it is a paradox the whole Christian life is a paradox the teachings of the Bible are paradoxical It's contrary to the ways of the world. The Oxford Dictionary says that a paradox is a seemingly absurd or contradictory statement or proposition which, when investigated, may prove to be well-founded or true. You see, some of the stuff we read in the Bible does not sound like it could possibly be true. But it is. Every word of it. Years ago, there was a beloved Christian preacher and publisher named Henry Clay Trumbull who wrote an entire book about this. He called it Practical Paradoxes or Truth in Contradiction. This is how he began the book. The law of the Christian life is a paradox. It is made up of seeming contradictions. All its teachings are contrary to the common opinions of man. According to this law, giving is getting... Scattering is gaining, holding is losing, having nothing is possessing all things, dying is living. It is he who is weak who is strong. Happiness is found when it is no longer sought. The clearest sight is of the invisible, and things which are not bring to naught things which are. That's our Bible. That's what our Bible is like. He nailed it. Another writer put it this way, 
We see unseen things. We conquer by yielding. We find rest under a yoke. We reign by serving. We're made great by becoming small. We're exalted when we are humble. We become wise by becoming fools for Christ's sake. We are made free by becoming bondservants. We gain strength when we're weak. We triumph through defeat. We find victory by glorying in our infirmities, and we live by dying. Amen. If you think about it for a moment, the whole foundation of the Christian life is based on somewhat of a paradox. Jesus came into the world to save the world. And He died in the process. He came to save us, and He died. Now, we've heard that so many times, it doesn't sink in. But think about that for a moment. The one who came to rescue us died. They thought about it. In Matthew twenty-seven forty-two. they said, He saved others, but He cannot even save Himself. How can He be the Savior of the world if He can't even save Himself? How can a loser be a winner? They didn't understand that. The world still does not understand that. I I want to share with you two of the most, to me, two of the most intriguing verses that you'll find in all of the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 7 and 8. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Listen now. Which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now that's such an interesting statement. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They thought they were putting an end to Christianity. They had no idea that they were doing the finishing work of Christianity. They thought they were stopping this thing of the Christ and the Christian movement in its tracks. Little did they know that what they were doing would cause it to explode and touch and change the whole world. You see, it it can be confusing if you don't understand this. The way up is the way down. That's right. When the world says it's right, it's wrong. And the world says it's wrong, it's right. It's just all topsy-turvy. And the world can't figure this out. And if we're not careful, we'll begin to blend in with the world and think like the world. And that's why it's so important for us to stay in the Word of God. And keep reading the book. And finding out what it really says. Had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The Apostle Paul knew the world was upside down. And he also knew that the ways of God, no matter how absurd they may seem, at the moment are true and right and right side up. In an upside down world, God's Word is right side up. And and listen, listen to this. In 2 Corinthians 6, 8 through 10, the Apostle Paul said that he and his associates were, this is amazing, 
He said we're genuine, yet regarded as imposters. Known, yet regarded as unknown. Dying, and yet we live on. Beaten, and yet not killed. Sorrowful, yet not, and yet always rejoicing. Poor, yet making many rich. Having nothing, yet possessing all things. That's, that's incredible, isn't it? Paul was saying when he wrote to the Corinthian church, if you take a good look at us from a worldly vantage point, you're going to think we're failing. But he said in reality, we're winning the victory. Because we're doing what God has told us to do. We're living right side up in an upside down world. Amen. By the way, the entire worship service this morning has been all about living right side up in an upside down world. You see, in God's kingdom, in God's economy, you may appear to be the poorest person on the block, and yet have all the resources of heaven at your disposal. Having nothing, yet possessing all things. In God's kingdom, it may appear that you have been defeated, when in reality, you've just won the victory. Why? Because you did what God said do. And by the way, most of the time, the world does not reward us for doing what God says do. But when you do what God says do, it brings forth great victory. You you see, this is what we know. As Christians, and I'm not talking about casual Christianity, I'm talking about real Christianity. When we do... What God says do, it's, it's completely opposite from that of the world. The Christian life is the ultimate counterculture life. You, you, see, you see, as Christians, we get it. We understand it. Now again, I'm not talking about casual Christianity. I'm talking about those people who are in the book. By the way, we've got a man in this church that says, get off Facebook and get your face in the book. That's, that's good advice. I, I mean, really, I want to ask you, do you spend as much time in the Word as you do on Facebook? Can we give an altar call right now? But see, we get it. Those of us who are pursuing the faith and the Lord Jesus Christ and who are in the Word of God, those of us who are there, we know that God has called us to live right side up in an upside down world. We know that. And it makes all the difference in the world. There's a commercial on television. <clears throat> I have no idea why I like it so much, but I do. But it's that farmer's insurance commercial. Where the guy comes out, he always says the same thing. He says, for we know a thing or two, because we've seen a thing or two. You remember? I don't know why I like that, but I do. But can I tell you that real <clears throat> Christians, not those playing games, not those who are casual, but those who are in pursuit of the faith, they know a thing or two because they've seen a thing or two. They know this. That pain comes before gain. They know that a cross comes before a crown. They know that suffering 
comes before glory, and they know that sacrifice comes before reward. And they know, people who walk with Jesus know that if you're going to walk with Him, you're going against the grain of the world. And sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes you're rejected. Sometimes people say terrible things about you. But you know, because you know the book, that in due season, you will reap if you faint not. You know that. Jesus put it in the simplest of terms. In Matthew 10.39, He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. There's an old story that's been around forever that I, I love this story. And it goes something like this. In the deep south, many, many years ago, there was a plantation and a slave owner and who had a lot of slaves. But there was one man, one slave, that was always happy, <clears throat> always excited, always positive, always singing, almost to the point of annoying everybody else. And the master noticed that no matter what he did, no matter what happened, it had nothing to do with circumstances, that this slave was always rejoicing and singing and celebrating. Finally, one day, the master went down to the farm, called him off, and he said, okay, what gives? What is it with you? <clears throat> Why are you like you are? I want to know. You're so completely different from everybody else. And he said, well, I love the Lord Jesus Christ. And he puts a song in my heart. He's forgiven my sins. And that's my story. And the master said, <clears throat> Okay, I like it. So tell me what I have to do to have what you have. And the slave said to him, Boss, go up to the big house and put your Sunday suit on and come back down here and work in the mud with me all day long. And he said, that's ridiculous. That's insane. Nobody would do that. And the slave said, well, then you can't have what I have. Now, before you judge his theology, go back and read some of the things Jesus said to people. Go sell everything you have and come follow me. That's pretty radical, isn't it? Well, the owner couldn't get away from it. Several days later, he came back. He said, okay, I, I, I know there's something special about you. I really want it. I want you to talk to me, but, but, but I don't want you to play games with me. T tell me what I need to do. He said, boss, I've already told you. Go to the big house. Put your Sunday suit on. Come work in the mud with me all day long. He said, I've had it with you. I'm not talking to you anymore. And he left. Well, the Holy Spirit was working on his heart. And a week or so later, he went back and he said, Okay, tell me exactly what I've got to do and I'll do it. He said, Boss, I don't need to tell you again. I've already told you. And he said, Okay. He said to his slave, he said, Okay, I'm going to get my suit. 
Thank you, brother. You could tell you could tell I was breaking down, couldn't you? Yeah. Woo! That's our local senator right there. It took me a year to learn that his name was Seneca. So I just called him Senator. <clears throat> he said, I'll do it. He said, I'm going to put my Sunday suit on and I'm coming to work in the mud with you all day long. I'll do whatever it takes for me to have what you have. And when he said that, the slave said, okay, boss, now you don't have to do it. You just have to be willing to do whatever God tells you to do. That's what you have to do. And friends, that's what the Scripture teaches. Not this, you can call Jesus Lord and live the way you want to live. You call Him Lord because He is Lord. And because you choose to live according to His ways and His standards. And you just do what He says do, no matter how ridiculous it may seem. I heard a pastor tell the story about a man in his church. And he said there was a, a man, and he was on the right side of the church, or, and he said on the left side, he said there was a woman, and said while he was preaching, and the guy told him the whole story, said while he was preaching, this, this guy over here kept looking at this woman over here. And uh, not in a worldly way, but he said the Spirit just kept putting his eyes on her. And he, he prayed. He said it was difficult for him to even listen to the message. And he prayed, and he said, Lord... What do you want me to do? And he said, the Lord spoke to him and said, I want you to go give her some money. And he said, well, I don't know her. That would be uncomfortable. That would be ridiculous. Uh, She would think I'm being forward. And he said, the Spirit just kept saying, go give her some money. And finally, he reached in his back pocket, pulled out his wallet, and all he had was $5. And then he said, Lord, it would be embarrassing to give her $5. $5 is nothing. The Holy Spirit just kept saying, do it. Do it. After the service was over, he hurried to find her. He walked up to her. He said he felt like a fool. He felt ridiculous. I, I, by the way, some of the teachings of the Bible are that way, friends. It's just totally contrary to human nature. And he said, I, I feel ridiculous, but i got to do this. He said, here's $5. He said, that's all the money I've got with me. The Lord told me to give you this $5. He said, tears started running down her cheek. And she said, I only had enough gas to get to church today. And I've been praying through the whole service that God would give me enough money to get back home after the service. You are my miracle. Isn't it time that we do what the Bible says? That we lean not upon our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge Him so that He can direct our paths? Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Now, I don't know anything about that man. I know the pastor who told the story, but I can tell you, I believe that man is destined for great things with God. Do you know why? Because God put him to the test in a little thing, and he did what God told him to do. I believe God will use him in in mighty ways in the days to come. 
Christianity that looks like the world is not Christianity at all. It is not. Face it, child of God, we're just not like the rest of the world. We're different. We don't drink like the rest of the world. We draw water from the wells of salvation. We drink from the holy presence of our Lord. We, we're, we're addicted to living water. That's what we're hooked on. I don't know what you're drinking. But if you... <laughs> I don't know what you're drinking. But if you're not drinking the living water, I've got something better than what you've got. Yeah, I do. And I can tell you something else. I don't know what you're drinking. But if you'll start drinking the living water, that old nasty stuff you've been drinking won't taste nearly as good. You'll put it aside. And I'll tell you something else. We don't smoke like the rest of the world. No, we don't. You see, what we long for is, are you ready for this? Holy smoke. <laughs> Have you ever heard that expression, holy smoke? Have you? That comes right out of the Bible. Isaiah was in the temple and he saw the holy smoke of God's presence descend. The Shekinah glory of God came down. That's the smoke we're addicted to. I got to tell you, marijuana can't hold a candle to that. Holy smoke. And listen to this. We don't get high on drugs and opioids either. No, we get high on Jesus. We get high on the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We get high on the Word of the living God. And we get high when the power of our God begins to move in our lives and in the church. And we see bodies being healed and lives being changed. When we see the miraculous of God taking place, that's a euphoria that no drug in this world can give you. Oh, oh, we, 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 get, we get excited. I can tell you something else. I, my whole point of this is, is we don't look like the world. We're not like the rest of the world. We don't fight like the rest of the world. We don't fight to hurt people. We fight to help people. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We don't fight against the souls of men. We fight for the souls of men. We are different. We're a different breed. We're a different class. It's time for us to cherish the fact that we're not like the rest of the world. We're like God's Word teaches us to be. Oh, friends. And listen to this. Please listen to this. Because our language a lot of time is pulled into the language of the world. But we don't talk and blaspheme like the rest of the world. The words we speak are spirit and life and hope and help and peace and joy and salvation. We speak words of healing. We are different. 
Our very lives are a paradox in this world. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. We don't love like the rest of the world. You see, the rest of the world loves, but there's a point where they draw a line and say, says, they say we'll love up to this point, but no more, but not us. No, we love even our enemies. We pray for our enemies. And I can tell you something else. We don't party like the rest of the world. I'm going to preach over here for a while. We don't party like the rest of the world. They party on Saturday night. We party on Sunday morning. This is a better celebration. Woo, this is better. You folks better get right with the Lord over here. I'm just telling you. (laughs) Oh, and listen to me. Listen to me. We... Do not believe that we have monkey ancestors. We did not descend from apes. We know that we were created in the likeness and in the image of a holy God. He made us this way. And we will not buy into the lies of unbelieving scientists, so to speak. Just not going there. Oh, and I'm on a roll this morning, so forgive me. We do not believe that God made a mistake when He made them male and female. (laughs) He didn't slip up. He made a male and female for a reason. And I tell you something else we know. We know that a man is infinitely superior to a woman at being a man. And a woman is infinitely superior to a man at being a woman. God made a male and female. He made them different and that difference is beautiful. It's godly. It's to be cherished, not to be abolished and blended. What is going on in the world? Lord, help us. You don't even know how to address people anymore. He, she, shim. (laughs) Hey, listen, friends. If you haven't figured this out yet, you need to get it this morning. The world's going crazy. And we need to say, no thanks. I'm not going with you. I'll stay with God's Word. That's what we need to do. i tell you something else. Our value system is not like that of the world when it comes to human life. We believe babies are precious. We believe God knows them even before they're conceived in the womb. 
And that gives us a sacred and holy responsibility. And we don't live in fear like the rest of the world. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? And, and, and we don't get depressed and defeated like the rest of the world. We know that that which we've committed unto Him that He can keep against that day. We know that He will guide us with His counsel and afterward receive us into glory. I'm telling you, child of God, you don't have anything to worry about. I know the world's going to hell in a handbasket. But we're going to heaven on the wings of angels. We are. We are. I'm excited about that. Hey, and please, please hear me. We are not searching for the meaning of life like so many in the world are. No, we found it. We found Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And we found Him, or better yet, He found us. And we have found the meaning of life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I tell you something else. Please listen to me. Somebody here needs this. We do not lose our joy when the world around us starts falling apart. We don't. Because we know something they don't know. (laughs) We know a thing or two. (laughs) This world's not my home. I'm only passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, friends. It's not that we don't care. Because we do. It's just that we know that we have a home up there. And we're not living our lives in the light of the moment. We are living our lives in the light of eternity. We see the big picture. And i got to tell you, if you look at life in the light of the moment, there will be times, many times in your life, you will get depressed and defeated. But if you look at life in light of eternity, oh, you'll be like that slave. You'll be like that slave. Let me just give you one more. We don't die like the rest of the world. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We live in victory. I preach this whole message because I want you to understand that we are different. And it's time for us to embrace that difference and celebrate that difference and to know that the world will be better off if we demonstrate that difference before them. And we need to learn need to get this through your head. I've already said it. If the world says it's right, it's probably wrong. If the world says it's wrong, it's probably right. And what God is calling upon us to do is to make a choice. To make a choice to live right side up in an upside down world. To choose Christ. To make Him the Lord of our lives. Not long ago, I did a study on the late great Dr. Billy Graham. I was so blessed. I found a four-minute clip. It's one of the most powerful four minutes that you can imagine. 
I want to close the service with this. Please listen, not just with your ears. Listen with your heart as we take the lights down and play it for you. Now you can't change your past, but you can determine your destiny by deciding for Christ. But Christ can change your past. He died on the cross so that all the sins you've ever committed, all the things you've ever done wrong are forgiven. What do you have to do? You have to repent of your sins. That means to be willing to change your way of living. You may have no power to do it. You may not have power to give up some of those habits you know are wrong. You may not have power to fall in love with your wife again. You may not have power to change your whole life that you know needs to be changed. But if you surrender to Christ, he'll give you the power. You say, well, Billy, I don't know what else to do. I've been baptized. I joined the church and so forth. But I don't really have peace and joy and power in my life, all that you're talking about. How do I get it? Jesus Christ said, I am the way. Come to Christ. He will give you a new strength and a new power and a new joy and a new peace and a purpose for living. Every person that ever lived has to make the same choice. It's either the world and its pleasures and its gods or it's Christ. Which is it for you? Who are you choosing? Who are you voting for? Choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Oh yes, there's pleasure in sin for a short time. But it's soon over. The hangover comes. And there's nothing you can do about it. It's going to be there. Choose Christ. And there'll never be a hangover except joy and peace. And it's an urgent decision because to delay makes the right decision harder. Indecision in itself is a choice. Not to decide is to decide not to. If you have a ticket for a flight to Atlanta tonight and can't decide whether to go or not, if you wait past the departure time, the choice will have been made. The plane will take off without you. Decisions are made whether we make them or not. Time decides if you will not. And time always decides against you. There's a lonely arena in the depths of your heart where the greatest battle of life must be fought alone. That's your decision about Christ. Your parents can't make it for you. The church can't make it for you. Your friends can't make it for you. Your girlfriend, your boyfriend can't make it for you. You have to make it yourself. And you must decide tonight. There are hundreds of people here tonight that have to decide tonight. And your decision tonight, yes or no, will decide where you'll be a hundred years from now. If you're not sure that you're ready to meet God, if you're not sure you're going to heaven and you're not sure that your sins are forgiven, you come and make sure tonight. I believe that none of you are here by accident tonight. I believe that you're here on this particular night because this is the night that you are to meet God in a new way and receive him into your heart. Come to Christ! He will give you a new strength and a new power and a new joy and a new peace and a purpose for living.
Amen. Have you made the choice? Do you know that you know that you know? Do you know that you're right with God? This morning I want to give you an invitation. And if you'd like to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I want you to come take me by the hand and let me pray with you. Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.